Welcome back to season two of the Run Culture Podcast. My name is Dane Verway. I'm an experienced running physiotherapist, coach, and marathoner. This season will involve open discussions with my running colleagues about the key principles behind injury-free running and optimal performance. It'll be backed by personal experience, science, and history. I can only hope some of these chats inspire curiosity and expand or confirm perspectives and beliefs amongst the running community. Anyway, I hope you enjoy the episode. Another episode of the Run Culture Podcast. Uh, today I've got Bevan Doez, one of the athletes I coach. We're going to chat about his last 12 months and really reflect on how his running went, how life went, the ups and downs of it, what he learnt and uh, his successful athletic season. So it's a nice one to uh, listen to because compared to Pete's last 12 months, um, he actually had quite a positive um, experience with his running um, in terms of like reaching his goals and, and achieving um, things that he didn't think he could achieve um, on the track. But as you'll hear um, just from Pete's chat, they learnt both as, uh, just as much about themselves um, as well. Um, you know, Pete mightn't have had the success on the track, but he certainly um, has made big steps forward in terms of... Um, eventually having the successes that he wants as well. Um, so welcome to the show, Bevan Doers. Thanks for having me back. Looking forward to getting into it. Nice. So um, I want to start off with the athletic season and uh, some of the highlights, Bevan. Um, you started the season and you had a bit of a chat to your brother, Connor, and you said you mentioned, oh, these are, the, these are my goals. Um, do you mind chatting to the listeners what your goals were and why you made them? And... Uh, and then, yeah, what your highlights were when you reflect on the season. Yeah, well, it was just, it was me and my brother just going for a run in Frankston Reservoir. And I said to him, this season I want to go sub two in the 800, sub four in the 1500, sub nine in the 3K, and sub 15 in the 5K. I pretty much said it to him like, there's no chance I'll do it, but I'm going to just say <laughs> it anyway because I want to. Yeah. And he turned around to me and he said, there's no point setting easy goals. You might as well set ones that yeah. seem unachievable because then you'll be happy with them if you actually achieve them. Yeah. So it was pretty much just like put the goals out there and go for it from the start. And if you can give listeners a bit of an indication where you were at um, on some of those times. So um, how, how far off those times were you and, and how experienced were you with the track going into the season? How long have you been back running again? Oh, so I've been back properly running about three years now, maybe, but it was probably my first real track season back, I think. And I don't, I hadn't run at 800 probably in four years, so that was a very foreign distance to me, and the 1500 was one I'd just started experimenting a bit in, and I think I was at about a 420 at the start of the season. Yep. yep. And then 
the three and five I was a bit more experienced with, but I still shaved, I think, 30-odd se- seconds off the 5K time over the season. So yeah, it was pretty impressive. <laughs> and then uh, the 3K was a pretty similar amount? Probably about 30 seconds too, yeah. yeah. So was it, uh, and, and, and at the tender age of what? 19. 19. <laughs> yeah, would have probably been 19. And then a bit of a backstory... Um, you lost a bit of a love for, for running. Um, you always did little athletics. Um, talk us through um, a bit more of your backstory for the listeners that don't know. Yeah, so I always grew up around it. Dad was a ultra runner, marathon runner. Anything he, anything you can think of in running, he did it really. So I think I ran my first fun run when I was about four. And then it was probably about year eight or year nine. I just started not really having the passion for it. Didn't want to train, just enjoyed an occasional race but not much more than that and it was really just about like I wasn't enjoying it so there was a lot of pressure from some people that were like you're good at it you should do it but I was more so why would I do it if I don't enjoy it so just experimented with some other things at that time and then yeah. eventually got down to park run and Dane asked me to yeah. join the group and <laughs> went from there yeah I remember at park run I was like who is this young kid who can keep up with me like like I like you were keeping up with me for half the run, and um, and I was I was in deep in like some kind of marathon preparation in some of those um, little hitouts in park run, and, and I was like, "Geez, how old is this kid?" And and then um, I chatted to a few people, and and then I might have chatted to your dad, and he's like, "Yeah, he only runs once a week, or you know, he, sometimes he just does park run." And I was like, "How does how is he doing that off of that minimal amount of training?" Um, so like obviously like you've always been talented. Um, what changed in you that made you sort of uh, start enjoying running again? Because I've had chats to your parents since, and they're like, I don't know what you've done, Dane, but he actually enjoys it. He he actually um, he's uh, yeah liking running. So what's changed? I think it was a lot about the group I joined, like joining the Owls. It was a great team culture and spirit, and just always a buzz around running, and it was. I found a lot of the time it's more focused around we're enjoying ourselves out there sort of thing. And like the fast times and hard training just comes as a byproduct with that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, um, yeah, I think that's so true. And I, I actually came out in, a bit in Pete's chat for anyone who's listened to Pete's chat. Um, uh, yeah, I definitely, um, have learned that myself. Like whenever I was happiest with my running and enjoying running and in, in amongst a good group, the performances just came, um, and it's it's funny that we can focus so much on, on uh, a bit too much on on the performance side of things, but I think performance just um, coincides with like um, enjoying what you do. Um, it just will will come because you generally, uh, if you're enjoying it, you're gonna um, do the the training that's required, um, and uh, you're gonna sort of do the one percenters because everyone else is, and kind of. Um, yeah, you're happy doing it. Um, uh, so, you know, there's something to be said about good team culture. Um, there was a session that we did, like, um, probably about two months ago. Where I couldn't believe it, but, like, everyone was giving each other high fives, like, after every 400-meter rep. It was, like, eight by 400. <laughs> probably eight guys there. Yeah. And after every single one, all eight guys gave eight <laughs> high fives. And... Yeah. It was, like, 64 high fives um, by the end of it. Um, but it was, it's interesting and I've listened to a few podcasts on, on, on team culture since then, um, particularly a book called Culture Code by Dan Coyle and, 
uh, he speaks of like aspects like that of um, uh, a particular basketball coach to just you know the amount of um, high fives that he gave in a game was ridiculous and I guess it's that sense of belonging and um, uh, everyone's you know there for one another that uh, you, you almost could like say that that's one of the most important stats at training sometimes like we focus on the times that we do or the session that we do and the reps that we do but sometimes it's the it's the energy in the group that um, uh, I, I think is underrated from a training stimulus. And, um, yeah, I think uh, it's nice to hear that from you, Bevan, um, and this isn't a setup. <laughs> uh, and it was interesting because in Pete's chat um, the other week, he uh, said that when he was down and out and injured, it was actually some, some words that you said that actually um, – uh, Turned his turned his what he was thinking around a little bit. So, um, their therein shows the power of the group. Yeah, definitely, and I think that's yeah. why a lot of us keep or why we can keep drawing in so many guys and like drawing back young guys like Ollie Pratt who maybe lost it a little bit and come back to it just because they join the group and it's like such a good buzz and enjoyment and I think it shows that enjoying running is like super important part and success and should be appreciated a little bit more than just always running hard sometimes. But. Yeah, I think um, the runners that are still running these days um, that I ran with when I was your age and younger, um, they all were amongst uh, good teams and, and good coaches and good groups. Um, uh, there's always like people that drop out for various reasons. You know, running's just one part of your life and there's many aspects of your life um, and you should stay balanced like that. But the, the lifelong runners that, that I really still know that are still running these days um, um, from when I was your age, Bevan, they were part of groups that just loved it and, and had had a good good time together um, and didn't take things too seriously. And when they took it seriously, it was the right time and it was um, for the right reasons. Yeah. We all yeah. get serious when we're on a start line. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of the time, it's just a lot of fun. It's good. Um Yes, on a similar vein. Um, uh, so, like with, with your racing uh, throughout the season, uh, you displayed like um, amazing consistency. Um, you, um, yeah, took huge chunks off um, all those distances that we mentioned um, in terms of times and ran amazing results, um, you know, over 3K, 1,500, 800, 5K. Uh, one of the things that a lot of the group really um, admired was your ability to be such a good racer out there. Like, you seem to um, put yourself, you know, right amongst it from the start and um, backed yourself and, um, yeah, uh, and then also kicked home at points and uh, just showed... Um, yeah, good racing sort of mindset. Uh, where do you reckon that comes from? And uh, what, why, like, um, we all have bad races, but um, you were quite consistent throughout the season. Um, uh, what, why do you reckon um, you were, yeah, racing so well throughout the track season? Um, I feel like a lot of it's not putting limits on your own ability. Like I set pretty bold goals. So it was like, if I wanted to get them, I just had to, go at it from the gun sort of thing and just run with run it with confidence and believe that I can. Yep. And 
I think a lot of the time late in races, and this is something I don't talk about a whole lot, but I heard a quote once and it was like, you're already in pain, why stop now? Yeah. So a lot of the time I'd be getting to like that last little pinch of a race and I'd be like, well, I've done this much, done majority of the work, and now it's just about kind of getting home. Yep. And just push through the last yeah. little bit. And yeah. It's often the, the last bit is often the easiest in a way, like it's the third quarter of the race that gets really painful. So once you get through that, you're just about home anyway. <laughs> That's <laughs> If you tell yourself you are. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's true. And, and being able to re- reframe it and go, oh, it's only, you know, another 20 yeah. seconds of pain. Like, yeah. it's not long. Um uh, and, and put a positive spin on it. But how did you stay calm on the start line? As in, like, I'm sure there was a lot of nerves, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, at times, especially when you're starting to, like, just string all these good races yeah. together. Sometimes we can get in our head a bit and go, oh, you know, I'm just not feeling it today. Like, how did you stay composed and, and, and still, you know, string together another PB and then another PB? I would honestly just stand on start lines and whoever was standing next to me, I'd just talk to them. Yep. I wouldn't know who they were even necessarily. I'd just talk to them just to get my mind somewhere other than the race. Yep. And like in the back of my mind, I'd still be mentally ready for it. But when you stand on the start line for five minutes sometimes, if all you think about is the time you want to run, you just start panicking and yeah. overthinking it so much. So I'd yep. just try and keep myself calm before the gun went and then do the work in the race. But in the longer races particularly... For a lot, big part of them, I just try and zone out sort of thing because yep. you, if you're thinking about your lap splits every lap in a 5k race, you just mentally exhaust yourself. Whereas if you take maybe two or three laps to find your pace yep. and then just find your spot in a pack and it's about when it gets to 1500 metres to go that you really switch yep. back on and start yep. thinking about your moves and yep. when you're going to make them. Nice. Yeah. It's it, Yeah, it's interesting. It's like... Um, yeah, throughout the season, I was like, oh, I don't have to talk about the race to Bevan. Like, I, I just, it's, it's funny how, like, some athletes, you sort of like, oh, no, they've just got this, like, um, uh, race savviness um, about them. And, um, yeah, even just there, like, you, you know when um, to switch off and when to switch on. Um, you know when, like, on the start line, you know, if, you, if you're um, focusing on, uh, the race for five minutes of standing there, you, you're maybe going to, you know, just get too much in your head and, and too nervous. So yeah. that it seems like you've got a good feel of like um, when you're getting like your arousal level and, and, and also like when you need a distraction, um, even mid-race, you know, yeah. um, just so that uh, you're not um, overthinking about it too too much as well, which, um, I think um, yeah, I mentioned because like a lot of us do get in our head so it's it's worth talking about i think a lot of the racing instinct comes from growing up in a very sporty family too <laughs> yeah i'm a i'm quiet but i'm a very competitive person <laughs> yeah i like to win so <laughs> if i see an opportunity to win i'll always go for it so <laughs> uh, i think i no- i noticed that um on the basketball court about <laughs> 2 months ago i i added um basketball games for 10 minutes as part of the warm up for the group and it was great because it, it did harness that team culture and that team unity. It also was great practice for the impending cross-country season with all the agility and the, the lateral movement and the ankle strengthening. But, yeah, I, I um, got a pretty sore nose because of um, <laughs> Be- Bevan, Bevan's head. <laughs> but, um, no, it, it, it shows, like, um, there's some people that know how to find a finish line, and, and you certainly know how to find a finish line, Um I think like um, 
yeah, some some runners seem to get that sort of white line fever out there, like yeah. when they when the race is on and uh, they actually relish the challenge. Um, yeah. do you, would you say you're one of them? Yeah, when I yeah. get when I get to like the last lap of a race, it's like I'm always looking forward to the hurt that I know is going to come <laughs> with having like a 400 meter sprint to the line with someone else. It's like yeah. I almost want that to happen. I'll yeah, rather <laughs> that over just a easy run at home sort of thing, just yeah. perfectly paced. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's um, it, it's been a thrill to watch you race, and and I know the rest of the squad would say the same. Like with all the live streams that we have these days, um, it was always um, uh, that was some of the highlights of the off season uh, for for me to to see um someone racing so well. Um, one thing that I might add is like since you've come back over the last um couple of years, um, uh your training load has been quite low and we've done that intentionally um we did have uh one or two setbacks early on um uh with your feet um uh so we're just sort of mindful of um making sure that um yeah you, you didn't overdo things so you you often um yeah run five five days a week and have the monday friday off just to sort of make sure that we're not overdoing it and then um particularly on sundays and, and wednesdays you're not doing the the huge distance runs until recently um that some runners in the group are are doing um yeah does that ever um enter your head um uh, on the start line because i know it is a trap that a few runners fall into that we we're sort of like oh well i'm not doing the same training they're doing so um you know am i not going to go as well like um what do you how do you sort of uh think about that yeah well Often I do look around and I'm like, I know I'm doing yeah. about half the Ks that most of these guys are doing a week. Yeah. But it's like I go with the, like I look at someone like Jess in our group who's running probably upwards of 100K a week and it's like, that's the training that works for him and he gets good results from it. But for me, I broke down doing about 60K a week. So yeah. like you've got to do what works for your own body, not what works for someone else's body. Yeah. And like my body doesn't quite handle as much, so I'll do maybe 60 to 70k a week of running and then do a bit on the bike or a bit in the pool and train a bit differently to some other people but like I'm still running good results from it and improving so like that's what's benefiting me the most rather than what's benefiting someone else who's standing next to me on the start line. It's interesting to hear you talk about that because a lot of runners aren't very good at viewing it so pragmatically so you're very good at going all right, training's done, let's do whatever else I like doing throughout the day. Like if you look at your Instagram, there is not one photo of running on, on your Instagram. Um, so do you find it, um, do you, how much do you think about running? Um, uh, I'm interested to hear this because I don't actually know the answer. How much do you actually think about running when you're not running? Not a whole lot. Yeah. It's about, it's, I think about it when I run and I think about an hour leading up to a run yeah. In terms of what I'm gonna eat so I yeah. don't get sick in this run sort of thing. Other than that, I just think about my like plenty of other things I enjoy doing and focus on them and when I'm running I'm running and when I'm not I've got other parts of my life that I enjoy doing. So just yes. finding that balance between like you've got dreams and goals in running but you don't wanna let it dictate your life to the point where that's all you think about constantly. So Yeah, so that's very balanced and um really well said um for someone who's 19 um and it's, you've got a good grasp on on 
on a, on a really healthy concept that um, like I think um, uh, there's quite a few runners out there that um, yeah like um, and I, I've been guilty of losing that perspective like a lot of times as well so um, I, I think that's a really good thing to hear what are some of those interests um, Bevan like you you love getting down to the beach you're almost down at the beach <laughs> nearly every day you love your bike yeah. um, uh, you love um, well you're studying zoology um, yeah what a what are some things that you just love doing outside of um, outside of running? Uh, pretty much anything outdoors or in nature, I'm down for. It's like, yeah, I love the beach, Stane said, which is painful in winter, but <laughs> I still go anyway sometimes. And with, like I said, on my bike, I'm often my bike rides go from home to the beach and wherever. And as Pete was saying to me the other day, he saw that I was on the pier in the pouring rain with waves crashing over the beach, and it's like with over the pier and that's just the sort of stuff I love just being around nature and the elements and then yeah obviously studying zoology got a big passion for animals so love anything animals and talking animals and playing with animals or whatever well in the race on the weekend we just uh, raced crude and farm and um <laughs> yeah didn't you say that like you almost um moved at the cows yeah. <laughs> we were running like... through the paddock next to cows and I looked over and I thought Maybe I'll moo at these cows, <laughs> which I also often do on my bike when I'm alone. <laughs> Just quirky stuff like that that you do when you're an animal-obsessed person. Oh, well, I think it's healthy. I think um, it's 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 nice to see, and I think that's what um, uh, keeps you grounded um, uh, um, and wholesome um, with your running. Um, and it means that you're able to, um, it's actually like a really underestimated quality to have, I think, because often runners try too hard and they do too much and they, they almost shoot themselves in the foot because they're um, think, thinking the more they do, the better. And they just, it's a sport that you get tired very easily yeah. and you overtrain very easily. Whereas your ability to accept where your body's at and just go, oh, I, I broke down at um, this amount of Ks, then um, doing more Ks at the moment is just going to, do the same thing it's actually not not a um it's not actually making me better it's probably making me worse because i'll i'll be injured um so your ability to accept that and um yeah i think is one of your strengths and um and uh yes yeah, it should be inspiring for um runners that don't quite have that that um balance um yeah so and with time yeah. you will like with yeah. time eventually i'll like i'm starting to do 90 minutes on yeah. Sundays where I was doing 60 about two months ago. So yeah. we've, we were on 60 for about a year and then we've started yeah. gradually increasing it. So it's like yeah. you're not forever fixed on yeah. one thing, but it's just about building it like within reason and building up to, to where your body can handle it. Yeah, that's well said. Like I think uh, we're always in a rush and particularly today's day and age, like um, not, not many people are patient anymore and... <laughs> Um, we want we're an instantaneous society, and but physiology doesn't act like that. It it takes time. It um, takes a while to change, and um, and we just need to appreciate that that um, it won't change in a week, and it won't change in a few days. It'll it'll take um, years to months, you know. Um, uh, and and also just um, yeah, every, everyone responds at different rates, and uh, just being receptive to. Um, you know the signs that your body's telling you. Um, I think we even yeah. we even tried a few times, like throughout the past year, where I was doing sixty minutes, and we'd try and bump it up to seventy or seventy-five, 
and we decided that maybe based on the other training I was doing, I wasn't getting quite the same results, so we put it back down to 60, and it's like, it's about just picking the time when it does suit, and yeah. it might not suit immediately, and it's all right to go back to, yeah. like, it doesn't have to work the first time or the second time. I think that's what's inspiring about your story over the last 12 months, is like, all right, look, look at the training that you're doing, and you're PBing, so like, why change something that's yeah. working it's not broken like yeah. it well you're still getting the results yeah that's it like it's, i think it's once you plateau um and you've sort of been with a particular system for a while and, and it's like oh geez okay i'm i'm that's when you start to add a bit of variety and, and 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 just um start to edge a few parameters and change a few things and if they seem logical but yeah you're right i reckon we tried a few times and you either got a bit fatigued or yeah. um a bit flat um and then we just sort of uh we went we went with the safer option, um, lower risk, um, uh, uh, because I think um, it pays to be sort of more on the conservative side as a coach um, of runners. <laughs> um, yeah, I think um, obviously like it's a fine line. You've got to push a little bit to get better, but you just got to choose your moments and your times. And, and I think, um, uh, yeah, having that patient mindset um, is a big one. And uh, it's something that, um, I think you've really grasped well, Bevan. Uh, yeah, where to from here? I mean, you've ticked off, you know, uh, all these, uh, oh, well, most of the uh, big barrier goals, like all those um, significant ones that um, you um, coined with your brother, um, Connor. Um, yeah, where to from here? Like a, a, lot, a lot of people, once they hit sort of these big sort of goals, that sort of they get these post post um olympic blues almost like and it, um uh it's not the olympics but it's your olympics and and it's it's like your 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 best that you were trying to do and you you really surprised yourself so um you've had a few weeks and and months to sort of um you know think about it and 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 think about what potentially excites you sort of running wise or life wise um like what have you have, has has things sunk in and 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 where's your head at now when oh, you yeah. look forward yeah realistically i didn't i set those goals and did not actually think i could run any of them let alone three of the four and miss the last by half a second so i think missing the fifth the 5k sub 15 was a pretty good thing too because like that's right up the top of the bucket list and like constantly think about like when i'm training it's like oh It'll all lead to a sub-15 when I'm back on the track next season. But I'm also enjoying at the moment just like the team aspect of cross-country and pretty tough. My target race is kind of Albert Park 10 and hopefully run a good Burnley half marathon, which keeps me nice and excited and ready for training and yeah, just keeps me going. So Yeah, I, th- I think yeah, that's, that's, they're great goals. And, and I think it's nice and refreshing to, to hear sort of um, – uh, yeah, less less time goals and 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 kind of. Um, yeah, that's what I was really looking forward to. Yeah, cross country. It's like it's a nice track, balance. Yeah, as much as I love the track and running the fast times, it's like yeah. cross country just takes a bit of the pressure off, and it's just kind yeah. of like yeah. just go out there and run as fast as you can. Yeah, and you're in a team, and just it's a lot of fun out there in cross country. Yeah, and you kind of like it's good like not having this number um, yeah. dictate like how you feel about your run. And it's kind of like you more sort of can you just sort of know like you sort of know oh yeah. I know I was a bit weak on that hill or I dropped my bundle here 
oh no, I gave 100, 110% the whole way. I, I'm, I'm wrapped with that. Like I couldn't have done any better. Like you just, you kind of just know, like um, you, you sort of, uh, it's a bit more um, of this, um, yeah, in a, in a dial, um, yeah. which is good. Like it, it um, and then it's not just that, it's sort of like, oh, okay, you know, I, um, I got um, Johnny Dutton, you know, going <laughs> again the last K or yeah. I got um, like, cause, cause of something I said. And then yeah. you sort of like, oh, and we overtook, you know, two Mentone guys. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. so that's, it's quite rewarding as well. Yeah. I think I've, I've probably struggled a little bit early in the cross season too, just with some of the distances and, but like, yeah. and finding my legs a little bit, but it's like, that's good too. Cause coming off such a successful season, it's like, you don't want to just constantly ha- having success. Cause like at some point you've got to, have a little bit of a flat patch to get going again because if you're just constantly succeeding all the time, it's like <laughs> eventually that gets old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. Like it, you go, you go through um, purple patches when you're in your early days of your career, and you you take off these big chunks, and then the longer you're in the sport, like PBs seem to seem to be harder and harder to come by. <laughs> um, I still think like. Um, uh, uh, it's always an interesting like topic. It's like, oh, you see someone who's a low mileage runner and you're like, oh, they're patient and patient and patient and they gradually do more. You'd think that um, there's a plenty of upside. It's not like you're doing at 19, 160 Ks a week, which there are some kids your age doing 160 Ks a week and, and I'd much prefer to be in your situation um, uh, because I feel like there's, a, there's, there's so much more upside and, and you're, you're, you've got like a nice balanced approach. You're enjoying the sport. Your um, your focuses are in the right spot, like um, on on the on the just the process and the enjoyment of it, rather than um, yeah, like um, yeah, yeah to to getting too serious about it. Yeah, yeah. Even like doing a bit less mileage for me, it's like outside of running, it's like it's not like I'm very limited on time to do other things. It's like I go for an hour on Wednesday, maybe, and it's like. I might have worked in the morning or something and I've got the whole afternoon to myself for catching up with friends or doing whatever I want to do sort of thing where it's not like I'm constantly thinking I've got to go for an hour and a half run or I've got to go yeah. here or I've got to go there. Yeah. It's like just frees me up a bit to do a bit yeah. less mileage too. But Yeah, well, that's good. Um, and on that topic, like I've, I've got a friend who actually ran on the weekend, Scott Vance um, for Frankston and um, he was always a low mileage runner and when he tried to do more mileage, his body just broke down. So I think that's also the um, other uh, side of the coin is that some people just are low mileage runners and they go better when they do low mileage. Um, so it's um, that's the, that, the other aspect um, uh, that I just wanted to say because I think um, there is a bias to um, thinking that um, oh, it's just this linear idea of like the more you do, the better you go. Um, think everyone's got a sweet spot i think um, it's important yeah. for me too because i am such an active person so even yeah. if we were to say monday and friday are no longer rest days it's like yeah. i would still go for a bike ride and i'd still play yeah. basketball and i'd still go for a kick of the footy so it's like i probably need a couple of rest days because yeah my rest days i'm still yeah out there playing sport or being active or doing something anyway yeah. so or at the beach yeah <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah it's rare that i just sit still at home and don't do any sport for a day <laughs> Just wanted to wrap up um, with, uh, well, two more things. Um, just the power of goals. Like you set these amazing goals um, 
the last season and you and you actually achieve things that you just didn't think you could, would do. Um, and I've had a similar experience um, with my own running, like um, writing writing goals down on, on a piece of paper and then uh, uh, you're more likely to, you're actually more likely to get them like yeah. um, because you sort of, you've actually said them, you set these really hard goals, they're challenging, they're exciting because you're like, oh, be incredible to do that. Um, and then you started and actually think that it might be possible bit by bit. Um, yeah, with, with, with making big, big goals, um, do you think you would have got the same times if you hadn't set those goals? Definitely not. And not if yeah. I hadn't have told someone either because yeah. like I'd thought about those goals a lot in my own head. But like I've always been like, they're ridiculous. Yeah. No point saying them. Yeah. And then like you tell them to someone and instantly it's like, now someone's holding you accountable to those yeah. goals. And it's like, great. But it's also like, if you tell someone, they're going to encourage you and like build you up to, yeah. you can do those goals where yeah. you might not believe in yourself to do them initially. So well, that was yeah. kind of what I was like. Like I had no belief that I'd do them. And then my brother was like, you can do them. And I'm like, <laughs> maybe I can. <laughs> yeah. And it gathered momentum as the season went. Like, yeah. I think the belief gathered Chip momentum yeah i think the 800 is the one where i realized like oh jesus this might actually like i might actually do these ones because the 800 yeah. i thought not a chance i'm going sub two haven't ran one of these in a long time i think my best was about 217 yeah and i was just i think i got put in a sea heat at milers with some 156 guys and i was like what am i doing here <laughs> yeah oh no it's 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 so true like um yeah, matched them and went well under so yeah, no, it was a great, and you had a really good finish right at the end. That last last twenty meters, you found that, um, yeah, <laughs> what's known as a classic Bevan final surge. Go so fast, yeah. That. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just wanted to finish off with um, similar questions that um I asked Pete, and they actually come from you, so I'm gonna throw them right back at you. Um, <laughs> Pressure's on. <laughs> uh, so like, if you had an exotic pet, what would it be? I'd love a monkey. Why? Just, they just seem like a lot of fun and just, they're a lot like me. They just kind of <laughs> mess around and annoy people all day. <laughs> <laughs> just don't stop moving. <laughs> What's your signature dish uh, or the best thing you cook? Um, I cook like a good chicken cashew nut stir fry, which goes down a treat. I think you've told me that before. Um, I think that's a, a great dish to, to know how to cook. Um, yeah. It's a bit of everything in there. Yeah, a lot of people like that, and it's yeah, pretty yeah, yeah, pretty safe. Yeah, pretty quick to <laughs> pretty quick to make as well. Yeah, and you can't burn it too easily, so you don't yeah. get the smoke alarms off, which yeah, <laughs> I'm bad at when using an oven. <laughs> uh, what's your biggest fear? Snakes. I'm petrified of snakes, but also interested in them. So it's an interesting mix. <laughs> if there was a spider in your room, what's your move? get the vacuum cleaner with the longest handle on it and stay about two metres away from the thing. <laughs> and then what? Uh, vacuum him up. And, <laughs> and then I'd actually leave that running for a couple of minutes just to make sure he didn't get stuck inside. <laughs> and, and then what? <laughs> and then pack it up and <laughs> go to sleep. <laughs> uh, what's your favourite song? Uh, Pompeii by Bastille. Okay, nice. I don't know that song. Yeah, bit different. <laughs> if you could travel anywhere in the world, where would it be? We were chatting about this the other night. Yeah, well, I'd, like, I'd love to go to Europe 
book a one-way flight to Europe for a few months and just travel around there, but, like, number one place would be Greece. Yeah. Get to their beaches. Oh, yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, and you're at good age to, to be thinking about those things. Um, and, yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Thanks for the chat, Bevan. Uh, anything else that you wanted to add? Uh, I think we've covered just about all I've got to got to give <laughs> no that was Good great yeah no um i think um uh that chat was really unique to you um i think um covered covered the main things um uh yeah i i think if i was to reflect on on um uh your season and the things that you bring to the table um uh and and have really um uh shone through with it's um obviously like um yeah, like the your racing racing mind, mindset, your consistency over time. You're always at training. Um, you're always having a laugh with um, someone at training and and enjoying it. Um, uh, you're regularly encouraging others um, mid rep um, during training. You're you're often focusing on others during the session. Um, uh, yeah, I think I think your mindset's really good. Like and and that sort of shows um when you're talking about what you think about on the start line and even mid-race um and even your mindset outside of training um how you don't focus on it too much and you you try to um uh make sure that you um yeah enjoy nature and enjoy animals and uh enjoy your, your company of your good um schoolmates um from from back in the day um and you're always catching up with them uh yeah, and, and then the power of goals. Um, you set hard goals and um, and you got them and, and you told people about them. Um, so, uh, and then the only other thing was, yeah, patience. You've um, displayed great patience. Um, and I don't, I, I think that shouldn't be undervalued um, with patience. Um, uh, a lot of people get frustrated and just want to achieve everything overnight. Um, whereas because for the last two to three years, you've, you've just... Um, done training that if you look at one week on paper, it doesn't look amazing, um, but you've strung a lot of them together. Yeah. And I think um, that in itself was a, a huge player um, in you achieving the goals that you chose uh, got um, during the season. So um, mediocre training, um, like, uh, like um, on paper, just when you look at it one week um, at a time, like you could have done much crazier training yeah. if you wanted to acutely, like for a six week block and, and probably, probably been okay. But if you want to um, stay injury free, um, you've done, done. Um, yeah. You've just, yeah. yeah anyway, yeah, it's, it's, it's been training too. Yeah. It's really consistent. Um, uh, and you've shown that you can fall back in love with the sport. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. 100% you can because yeah wouldn't leave it for the world now yeah absolutely love it <laughs> you've inspired also like um you know someone else um to join our squad so yeah ollie regularly talks about oh, i can't believe how bevan's going now um and he he sort of fell out of love with it a bit too so obviously he's young and we'll see what what how ollie goes but uh he's definitely um uh, already early signs is he's enjoying the squad and enjoying um the team team atmosphere too so yeah Anyway, I think that's a, a nice, um, another good 12-month reflection on another athlete um, from the Run Culture Hours, Bevan. Uh, thanks for the chat, and I th hope a lot of listeners get a lot out of it because I think there's like some really key um, 
aspects to what a successful season looked like. And if you really um, uh, listen to the things that Bevan really focused on, um, some of those things might reverberate with you. Not all of them, but some of them. And, and you might take something useful from it. So uh, thanks for the chat, Bevan. Cheers for having me. Uh, no worries. Good work.